offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. My name is Corey Adams, and I'll be your host. Today, we are joined by intermediate teacher Jenny Einzig. Jenny's lifelong passion for animals and nature led her to Louisiana State University, where she studied conservation biology and earned a master's degree in natural science. She moved to Asheville in 2012, taught natural resource conservation at Western Carolina University for three years. She's traveled the world and in 2017 began leading international trips to Costa Rica and the Galapagos Islands with global leadership adventures before landing at Odyssey School. Welcome back to the podcast, Jenny. Thanks, Corey. So your best practice was on experiential education, and I know we just shared you have a background in this. Can you share with us what excites you about experiential education? So I've gotten to experience experiential education um, as both a student and an educator. My first experience was in 2011 when I traveled to Thailand and spent a summer studying sustainable agriculture and wildlife conservation. That was my first experience with study abroad and it really lit my fire for (laughs) experiential education. And in my journey, Uh, to becoming an educator, I knew that it was something I wanted to incorporate in my own curriculum someday, um, regardless of whether I was teaching in a more formal classroom setting Mm -hmm. or leading students abroad. And as an experiential learner myself, this concept of experiential learning um, really resonates with me. Yeah, you, your face lights up when you're talking about it, and I can see how much joy it really brings you. And I'm curious if for people maybe who haven't experimented with it, what you feel like the key benefits of using it in the classroom experience are. Sure. So um, as Aristotle famously said, for the things we have to learn before we can do them, we learn by doing them. Mm. So for example, we learn how to play the piano by playing the piano. So with that said, when we're actually getting experience, including our bodies or incorporating our bodies into the thing that we're learning, the level of retention, um, the level of connection there is much greater than someone standing in the front of the room and telling you um, a whole bunch of information. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could share some specific examples of lessons that you were doing or moments when you saw learning really click for a student. Sure. So. Um, In 2018, I led several student groups to Ecuador and the Galapagos, and we were talking about latitude and longitude. Um, We had a little geography lesson, and then we actually went to latitude 000. We visited the (laughs) equator. So the students got to experiment with different things like their body weight, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. It was off by a kilogram on the equator, and a lot of the students were cheering about that like (laughs) I lost weight but which you know eventually led to a conversation on body positivity but Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing like learning about latitude and longitude than being on the equator yeah what I hear in that is that the experience of actually being in it made a what can seem a very dry subject come alive definitely definitely and that's 
in a nutshell, the beauty of experiential education. So now that you're not traveling, are there ways that you've been able to bring the experiential experience into a more traditionally rooted classroom? Yes. So um, while ideally, sure, we would love to be bringing students to every corner of the globe Mm -hmm. to experience everything. When it comes to our local communities, our local communities can be just as valuable and offer so many resources. Mm -hmm. And part of the experiential learning model is just having a classroom without walls. So that might look like bringing other people in. Mm -hmm. So I can talk about different people doing different things or having different careers, but in reality, it would be much more valuable for them to be able to converse with somebody with that firsthand experience. So bringing in different experts Mm -hmm. um, is another great way to do it. And have you tried that this year? Yes. So in our language arts curriculum, we had an immigration unit and we invited River, who is our sound engineer for this podcast and also the wonderful music teacher at Odyssey. We invited him in to discuss his family's immigration story. And that was particularly effective because the students all have a relationship with River. Mm -hmm. So to get to hear about the immigration story from someone that they know and love was really impactful. And in the same way, additionally, during Minimester, where we're using two weeks to explore more project-based education, um, our class chose board game design. And so we were able to Skype with a cognitive psychologist from the University of Tampa who uses board games and decisions decision-making during playing board games to study cognitive psychology. And so the kids were able mm. to Skype with him, and that was, really, um, that was really exciting for them. And further, they got to see what types of careers might be available for them if they have an interest in board games. Sure. So I hear not just the school without walls, and there's also kind of inherent in that an application aspect. So they're getting information from the expert, making their world bigger, and then turning around and applying it and seeing, okay, how am I going to make choices about the game that we are designing based on the information that we have? Yes, definitely. What kind of methodology do you use or is involved in this kind of learning? So experiential learning um, invites critical thinking, problem solving, decision making, as well as collaboration between students. And when you are using these types of um, higher level thinking or you're you're Mm -hmm. using collaboration, what you're doing is you're creating an experience, a memorable experience around the learning process. And that has been shown to accelerate learning and um, increase information retention as well. Yeah, sometimes when I see students experiencing this kind of learning, it's been because it's really fun, and we know that when things are fun, we learn more easily. So play is a very wonderful way for children to learn, certainly. But it seems like what you're saying is really that's even true if the lessons being learned are difficult and not just fun, because you're in it. You're in the moment of learning in a different way. It's grounded in the body. Is that true? Yes. and you also see just increased levels of engagement. So when, the, when you're inviting them to participate in an experience or in an activity, as opposed to just take out your notebooks and let's write, which there's value in that too. Sure. Um, but you're creating, like I said, an experience around it. And what you have is the student becoming directly involved 
in what is happening, um, mm-hmm. directly involved in the problem that's being solved. And that leads to ultimately just um, a very high level of ownership of what's happening. So it's not just that they are students getting information because they know there's a quiz in the next few days, but this is something that they are um, taking ownership in, which is just invaluable. Yeah, I'm curious what that looks like. So when you see your students owning their learning experience, what do you notice about what that means for them? So um, I think that plays out in different ways. Sometimes it's even just hearing the students talking with each other about it after class is Mm -hmm. finished. So they're taking it with them outside of the classroom. Um, It's not just close your notebooks and walk out of the room and forget it. It's something that they continue to think about and continue to talk about. And that is really the whole goal of Mm -hmm. being an educator. You, You want it to be impactful and memorable and you want students to apply it to their own lives. Sure. I'm wondering how you would encourage teachers who haven't worked with experiential education to begin to incorporate it in their classrooms. So I think that group work and collaboration um, instantly kind of makes things more of an experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is a very simple way is collaboration. That's huge. Also, getting the body involved. So one of the things that I like to do when I'm teaching parts of speech is we'll go out to the tennis courts and I'll label one wall as nouns, one wall as verbs, one wall as adjectives, and one wall as adverbs. And I'll say a sentence, pick a word in the sentence, and they have to run to the wall, that whatever, that, um, whatever part of speech that word is. Mm-hmm. And that... Of course, it's play, and they love to play, and it's really fun, (laughs) but it's also creating um, a physical experience where they're connecting, hopefully, they're connecting um, that assignment or that lesson to a physical activity, which, again, is really good for retention. Yeah. I'm wondering if maybe we also... This is just coming up for me. We want to encourage teachers to get out there and remember to do some lifelong learning. So Definitely. find something they're curious about or want to be engaged in and then do it and remember what does that feel like when I'm in the process of learning in this way. Yes. Um, just anything to change it up, anything to change it up at all. Um, and we as educators, we find this balance between kids really thriving on routine Mm -hmm. and knowing okay Tuesday means literature and Wednesday meets grammar Um, but changing it up every once in a while uh, shaking it up and allowing the kids to experience what you're usually teaching them but in a different way um, can just be so beneficial for um, learners young learners on that note I think we're going to encourage our listeners to go out today and just mix it up find something that you have not tried before and go ahead and do it and I want to just say thank you Jenny for coming and spending time with us today and reminding us all that sometimes getting out there is a good idea absolutely thanks for having me thank you for joining us today on best practices in education and come back next week to explore a new topic with us This has been Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. It was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, North Carolina at Odyssey School, engineered by our music director, River Gergarian, and the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. 